Hey, everybody, welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am so excited because I did not know that today's guest was a fellow Leo. Ow, 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 ow. Fun fact is that Leos love hanging out with other Leos. Really? Yes. So. I feel like people think Leos wouldn't. Exactly. But then I've I've heard rumors, like even dating, Leos are good together. They are because Leos like to travel in their lion pride. They like they like the energy of other Leos, but not like too many people. Yeah, I mean selectively. It's yeah. like a a clickish pride. Yeah. So this is Hannah Burner. Hi guys. <laughs> she is the host of the mental health podcast Burning in Hell with a B E R N. It's a pun on my last name. It Thank is a you. Pun. Yes, and also you may know her from Bravo's Summer House, which is huge. That basically uh, this is a Bravo liberty right here. <laughs> <It's> so crazy. <laughs> it is. It's it's a big deal. I grew up loving. I mean, Vanderpump Rules, I think she would an Emmy. During like my uh, yeah. worst breakup, I would like just watch it to numb my brain. And I love, I've always loved reality TV, but I never thought that I would be one to do it. Tell us everything. How did this, <laughs> how did you go from being a stan of Vanderpump to actually? It's funny because I'm also like too competitive for the dating games, like, like The Bachelor and stuff. And I am the worst with confrontation. Like, I just don't care for confrontation. I'll just joke it off. Long story short, I was a tennis player, and then I decided I want to try for the real world. I didn't go pro. and Do, I was, do you mean the MTV real world? Oh, no, no, no. Just the real world of <laughs> nine-to-five jobs. What What is reality? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I hope we can figure that out today. Easy. But, but I was um I did cold calling sales. I did marketing. And I was like, there's more to life than this. You know, when you're like in your early 20s and you're like, wait, I have to do this for f- 50 more years and then just to retire and then regret things. So I immediately was like, what did I like doing as a kid? Like before tennis, before money mattered. And I loved video and I loved comedy and but I was like I can't make money doing that stuff turns out Betches is this Instagram that was looking for a video producer with like five years experience and my friend was like submit a video you're funny submit a video so and I knew how to edit from college from doing a little sports broadcasting so I sent in a video and they were like you have zero experience but we like you do you want to freelance for us so I started as that fast forward I was doing I had these my first kind of thing at Betches that really caught on was doing these horoscope videos. Oh, wow. Where I would, it was like horoscope Hannah. And on Mondays, I would give um, like a Betchy kind of astrology prediction for the week. And I'd be like, um, the moon is in Uranus, which means like you should definitely not do anal this weekend. <laughs> like I would, I would read like real ones. I probably was reading yours, to be honest. Like on Cosmo, I'd read Refining 29 and then I'd take realistically what it says, but then make it betchy, like make it with an attitude. And it started to really catch on. People were sharing it. People used to run to me on the street and be like, what's my sign? And I was like, no way. I don't really know about. Wait, so what year is this? This is, so I'm 28 right now. I was about... 26 okay so this is very recent very recent it's all been a whirlwind to be honest yeah um but you know when you get in your alignment things move fast this is true we have talked about this before on stars like us not you and i in this lifetime at least yes our first time talking about it but a recurring theme on this podcast you are so fascinating we need more than an hour <laughs> or two um but i so yeah when, i always say it's like surfing like you, once you get the wave you go and i was just feeling so creative and i was writing funny videos and i was acting in them and editing them and then I actually interviewed Summer House casts when they were doing their press three years ago. And I remember like just having fun with them. And then I'd see them around at some events. And then I guess they were recasting for season three. Like they wanted to do an overhaul. They wanted a whole new 
kind of chemistry in the group. And I grew up in New York City and I would go, my parents, I mean, my grandpa has a house in Shelter Island um, when he retired from being a gym teacher who went out there. So I grew up going to the Hamptons and playing tennis, golf, just relaxing. It's where I learned to play tennis. And I got a call from a producer and they were just like, hey, your name's being thrown around. I know you know the cast. Um, tell us about yourself. And I was basically like, I'm a Leo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you know everything now. <laughs> this is my birthday. This is my birthday. <laughs> but I was like, look, if you want a girl who um, can show that like women can be bosses or like women can be funny and women can be sporty, I'm all of that for you. But if you're looking for just like kind of a hot mess who gets into fights with people, that's not me. Fast forward, I do. But <laughs> <laughs> by the time I was like, that's not me. And they were like, yeah, that's not what we're looking for. We are looking for. We're looking for that hot mess. <laughs> yeah, we're looking for that strong hot mess. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, I'm just going to be myself. And if it doesn't work for you guys, you're not going to get anything else. It's all I know how to do. And I would argue that if I was 23, or 24, I wouldn't have been able to do it because I didn't know who I was as much. I feel like we're always on a journey to know who we are, but I'd gone through like bad breakups. I've gone through like multiple careers and I really was honing in on like, the only thing that makes me happy is waking up and being authentic to myself and not being depressed because mm -hmm. depression and anxiety stems from like not feeling like who you are. And I've been yes. in relationships where I wasn't myself. I've been in jobs where I wasn't myself. And finally I was in that alignment and I was like, yeah, let's fucking do it. And then from there, I started my comedy mental health podcast, Burning in Hell, where I was like, if people like me on the show, they can hear like way more about me and my relationships and like the people I'm interviewing. And then I recently started to do stand up comedy. How is it going? It's it's it gave me the high that I was missing from like competition. Yeah. And it has given me a new creative outlet that I really love. And the high of like being with people and performing for people is incredible. It's really hard, but I... I feel like I'm in the right place. So you have kind of like, I don't know. I mean, is there a, a usual timeline for it? I feel intuitively like this timeline is kind of reverse mm. from other people's. Mm. Like oftentimes somebody will be like, I'll start on the small stage and then they get their podcast because they want a bigger audience and then they end up on reality TV and yours is the reverse. You're so right. The first time I did stand up comedy, I did 10 minutes at Caroline's in front of 250 people and everyone's like, you're a psychopath. But I was like, no, I've always been ready for this. And now Summer House kind of just gave me the exposure to like, when I say ready, I mean, like I was mentally ready to do mm -hmm. it. Um, I still have a lot to like improve on in my career, but you're right. Like I was almost holding all these facets of myself back and Summer House basically was like, you could do it, do what you want. And um, I've been very fortunate to use the exposure to be like, hey, come to my comedy shows, listen to my podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it's just been fun. And okay, so who have you met from Bravo? How is Andy Cohen? He is my favorite Gemini. Oh my God. Um, tell me everything. Okay, so Andy, <laughs> I don't think, I'm best friends with his assistant, Darren Karp. She has a great podcast, Martinez and Murder. She is my favorite person. I don't think Andy Cohen knows who I am. That's not true. <laughs> that is not true. I know like he kind of knows, but I recently was with Sheena, who is on my podcast this week, and did um, Watch What Happens Live. Like, I was just in the green room when she was doing it, and Andy walked in, and, like, he kind of just didn't see me. It's 
Paige and I got him a present for his his baby boy and he was kind of like thank you and you could tell he didn't know who we were <laughs> and we were bartending that night he just like meets so many people yeah for he sure he doesn't have any idea who I am and I've never really spoken to him in depth in any way so you guys are best friends you love yes, him you love we his go children. way back we text <laughs> but like, it's so funny because I'm so close with someone who's so close with him like his Darren's like his best friend and she's my best friend so we're kind of best friends but he maybe but he, he doesn't know me. yet yeah he doesn't know Ho- I'm hoping maybe I get on Watch What Happens Live this season. I think you are. Which would be crazy, f- insane um, to do. I'm hoping my crazy grandma can come. She's gorgeous. She's a little slutty. She has an Instagram. Nana still got it. <laughs> I want her to be the bartender. I've envisioned this. But yeah, Andy Cohen is just larger than life and has such a star presence to him. Like, I'm scared of him. Wow. I wish I could have given you a more fun answer of like a time we had together. But yeah, he No, no, no. Me. Just just being a big fan of his is is. But I've like spent for time around, around him. him. Yeah. So you, that's, I probably feel Andy Cohen on you. Yeah. He's, <laughs> and like, he doesn't know my face, but he knows a lot. Of he faces. knows your energy. Yeah. He knows my energy. And I, oh, once he made a little comment like, oh, interesting wearing a crop top during the winter, which is what I wore bartending. And I was like, I was trying to impress you, Andy. And he kind <laughs> of laughed, which is huge. I think Andy didn't really love Summer House the first two seasons. Interesting. And now he's starting to like it. Wow. I mean, so not only is he going to, <laughs> you're like, he's going to be like the child. You're the child that like everyone was like, eh, uh-huh. the first one was better. Uh-huh. But like, you know, we have this, we're left with this, so we'll do what we can. And then in preschool really starts shining. Yeah. And you're like, wait, hold everything. And this child is gifted. But I started season three was my first season and this is my second season so I think yeah he's I'm gonna get him on board Bravo Liberties ask me and I'll tell you I've oh. met a lot of them. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh my god um <laughs> she's sweating I really am um have you met Teresa Teresa and I are tree friends okay Teresa I interviewed um when I was at Betches she walks in and I'm so excited I never had watched New Jersey before I just knew that she I should be scared we actually had the same lawyer for a second. Oh, wow. Which is a funny story. He's great. Jim Leonard. He's on the show a lot. But um, long story short, Teresa comes in and I go, I'm with um, Teresa Giudice. And she goes, what? That's not how you say my name. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like Italian. So I just like that. Apparently they like Americanized it to like Judice when it's like, this, I don't know, whatever. And I just start, I, I fall on the floor during the interview laughing because I just mispronounced Teresa's name. And she was laughing. She took it well. And then later on, I saw her on the street when she was filming and I was walking by. And you know, like when you know someone and you don't think like, okay, she's a celebrity. She probably doesn't remember me. I just was like, hey. And she looked <laughs> at me and she goes, hey, girl with no job. And I was like, no, but close enough. Yeah, that's that's also best friends. <laughs> then she remembered who I was. And now like, if I saw her in the street, we'd be like, what's up? Wow. And Teresa is actually so funny, so nice. She makes fun of herself. Like she says, sandwich, sandwich. And I saw her do it in person. Genius. It's a real thing. She's just, she was really nice and cool. I believe it. Yeah. She, I mean, she also has a, a really magical energy. Okay. Also need to ask about Ramona. Okay. I've never met Ramona and I'm scared of Ramona. And I heard a lot of stories that Ramona can be scary, but she's a full on icon. She's an icon. An icon. And I love all her memes and I love her dance moves and she looks amazing. Um, but I'm Does she still drink? No idea interesting okay. no idea i'm more close with the new jersey girls than the new york girls i'm still scared of new york margaret josephs is my favorite okay tell us about from her new jersey she's she talks she's like my name is Maj. i'm very excited <laughs> for everyone to be here she ha- she's a badass she left her husband 
who she had kids with for the contractor who she's now married to. Oh my God. That is, that is the hottest romance novel. Dude. Well, I, I, on my podcast, I, I had her on and sh- I was just like, did you marry the wrong guy? And she goes, nope. He was the man that I was meant to at that time have children with. And the guy I'm with now is the guy I'm meant to be with now. And it was such a beautiful description of like how life isn't cookie cutter. And just cause you don't do what society says you should doesn't mean you're wrong. And like, there are so many loves you'll have in your life. And it was just like cool of her to talk that way. Yeah. I just think she's badass. She runs her own business and she's so nice and cool and she could be cunty. I mean, a lot of the Bravo, the Bravo ladies, the Bravo liberties have their own enterprises. Like most of them are extremely industrious and like have their spinoff brands. I mean, obviously Skinny Margarita. Mm -hmm. We know, Mm -hmm. we know how successful that is. We know. Um, So that's really cool. Like Bravo is comfortable with you guys all like leveraging your platforms like that i don't trying to take money i think it's annoying if you're just like constantly forcing your brand and like you're not editing it so like i feel like if you just talk about your brand all the time they're going to be it's annoying Mm -hmm. because no one's actually watching for that but the cool thing about summer house and why i joined summer house is because they follow your career during the week so that's when i was like I can't wait to show people that like girls can be like great comedians and all that stuff. And then as the show went on, I, I started to discover like, wait, I'm actually really into this. I want to do stand up. I want to start my own podcast. And that's why I ended up I actually got fired from Betches um, right before it aired. And I think it was just kind of one of those things that like the universe was like, you're hitting a glass ceiling here. Yeah. And they kind of knew that too. And I probably wouldn't have quit because they, they said I was distracted or something, which was not true. But <laughs> it was time for me to then, ever since I left, like the doors that have opened have been crazy. But it's all doors that like I've chosen that are like my joy. Like I'm, I'm not doing things for money. I'm trying to just do things that like really make me happy. Okay, so let's get into some of the astrology here because I feel like you're going to be very... Uh, This is going to be very validating for us to share a little bit about your chart. So you are a Leo sun, duh. Mm -hmm. You are a Scorpio rising Mm -hmm. and you are a Virgo moon. Yep. So those are like the big three. Um, There's obviously a lot more to your chart than just that. But just isolating those for a minute. Obviously, like Leo, you know what that means. You grew up knowing what it means. But with the Scorpio rising, the rising is really how you see the world. Mm -hmm. And Scorpio is the sign that's associated with regeneration and transformation So it's like basically like your eyeballs are Scorpio eyeballs and you're looking out. So you are constantly needing to like Phoenix yourself and rise from the ashes and prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious how it feels to be on reality TV, which is so exposing with a Scorpio rising because Scorpio risings tend to like they want it. They they take their privacy very seriously. Um, So how does that feel to how do you balance those? I think the way that I've trained myself to be so open because if you know me you know that I'm like almost too open with everything is because I feel like I'm here for a purpose that like I've experienced things that are meant to be talked about and I've I'm have the avenue to talk about it and I need to so it's like I see it larger than me I do think there are things that I keep close to home but like anything I experienced I think can help people like I went on the show and talked about anxiety I talked about depression because I felt like I've been given this opportunity to talk about it and not be like, I'm better than people because I'm on TV. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Instead, I was like, hey, I'm just like all of you. And I also love that I didn't know that about Scorpio, about like the regeneration that tennis was what I put my whole life into from when I was eight to 22. And I remember it like, like 24 crying in bed and being like, why did I put everything into this if I wasn't going to like it anymore and I was going to quit? 
like why did I put myself through and focus on it so much like I really was that kid that had no social life because I was playing tennis so how did that start it was I was like a hyper kid (laughs) I was (laughs) athletic and that like I was playing and my dad introduced me to the sport and it was almost like I, I had a very creative side and an athletic side and I remember like I loved painting I loved acting but I ended up choosing the sport side and now I'm back in the creative side, which is interesting. But with the sports, like by 14, I was ranked like top 15 in the nation. I was sponsored. I got a full scholarship to college and it was all I did. But I think it was almost like whatever I was dealing with, I put all my anxiety into tennis and it was almost like simplifying things for me. And I started to just have a ton of performance anxiety and it was like I put too much pressure on myself and it wasn't fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like comedy is a new way for me to get into that performance side again, but with a much more mature mindset Mm -hmm. and enjoy it more. Well, another very important thing to note in your chart is that you have the sun, uh, which is your ego, your sense of self, your identity, Jupiter, which is expansion and it's luck and fortune conjunct, which means they're like hanging out together, they're Mm -hmm. touching each other. And they're also conjunct with this angle that's called your midheaven. That's the tippy tippy top of your chart. And you were born right around noon. So if you're born right around noon, you're going to have the sun up at the top of your chart. Mm. The top of the chart is success and legacy. And people who have sun conjunct midheaven are like success is inevitable. Um, To have Jupiter there, which is the planet of expansion and fortune, like it multiplies it exponentially. So you were always going to be successful. Like there was never a doubt of you building an incredible legacy for yourself and having a name that people know. But the question is in what, you know? Something I was telling my mom, I I said like I almost felt like it was difficult that I like loved tennis, but I also loved like acting and art because it's like, I didn't know what to choose. And then at some point I was like, I feel like I chose the wrong thing in my life. But it's like, life is so is regenerative and like you can start new at any moment and I mean that's very I've been in places where because I'm a woman people will make you feel bad for wanting to be successful or wanting to make money or wanting to have your name known I've been called loud before I've been told I talk too much I've been told that I'm you know who are these people are you time traveling to like the (laughs) 50s um (laughs) I I basically um not other women let's just say and or like calling me self-absorbed and it's like I felt bad like I remember telling my mom once I'm like I feel bad that I like want success and I realized like it's just in my blood like I just I strive for that and it does I think with tennis I wanted to be successful so bad that it I stopped enjoying it and it started hurting my performance because I was so obsessed with winning like I stopped getting the high of winning and just would like get really depressed if I lost like thank god I won and that's not the way to live yeah you have to enjoy the journey right and I think with comedy and like being on camera and creating that's what I enjoy so what is it like filming a reality show it's how much is real Summer House, I think, is by far one of the realest shows on TV because we have the hidden cameras. And like some of the best stuff happens when we like get back from the bar at night and we're just who knows what's happening. And you kind of there's nowhere where you're safe. <laughs> That's crazy. Where you how how do you prepare for something like that? I honestly feel like the best advice I had from someone was like own your shit and speak your truth. And the worst thing that people could say about you is eh. Like, either have them, like, love you or hate you. And the first season, I'm not going to lie, I was scared shitless. I was just trying to, like, just th- obsessed with how America would see me. And then I think, like, I got pretty good feedback, but I wasn't, like, one of the main players because I didn't have that much drama. And then I came in this season, like, less scared. I'm like, America knows me. Now let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> and I also had more involvement with 
people on the cast so I had more opinions so it's like I've seen Kyle and Amanda's relationship over the years mm-hmm. so I can speak up and be like I don't like how you spoke to her or Amanda did whatever so and in terms of like are things realistic or not the filming like we are just living there are some moments you know where like you will all have we'll all go somewhere or you know we go to this dinner together that's like orchestrated but like everything we say is real and it's just the story that they end up showing like if if I'm talking to Paige and across the room Lindsay's talking to Carl and everyone's getting filmed we don't know what they're gonna end up showing um and what stories they want to tell and when you're doing the confessional are you doing that in the moment or are you doing that retroactively you're doing it retroactively so you're speaking from your perspective in that moment oh sorry so we're do we do it afterwards and they don't tell us they don't show us anything they just ask us questions (laughs) and we just go (laughs) i love that oh my god it's really a mind fuck it is a mind fuck because you're like what are you showing as a video producer like you i was aware of everything and then i have to realize like you just have to be yourself and speak your truth and the best thing is owning it like people love reality tv because everyone makes mistakes and it's you just owning your mistake because people will be relatable i think i am doing well on the show because i do make mistakes how what is how did you like relinquish control i think that's a because gr- i am a control freak i know <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you don't have to tell me that i think that it was um knowing that it was an incredible experience and that i actually was growing from it like I knew that it was hard and I loved the challenge of that. I'm relinquishing control. And also it forced me to be in social situations I never would ever put myself in. Like imagine fighting with someone and the next day you're like at a brunch with them. And like, or you have to face them and tell them how you feel because you don't want to look like you're talking shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wouldn't, if I don't like someone, I just don't talk to them ever again. Like I don't deal with drama, like just cut you out of my life. This is me stuck in a house with people the amount of drama and like that's why this season's so good because there's so many complexities because we all are really actually friends but it's a kind of family where like we all fucking hate each other Mm -hmm. sometimes like literally i got in a fight with one of them like three days ago we're always fighting (laughs) but like it's really helped me mature as a person because now normal life situations i'm like what what are you gonna say to me that i have i've had grown men yell in my face to go fuck myself like and i'm 28 years old it's scary but it's like i think it was a challenge yeah i was gonna ask like how Do you feel like that has influenced positively or negatively your real life? To be honest, I I lost a lot of friends. I would say that I learned about people around me more. Um, I have the hardest thing about being on TV is that suddenly people think you're cooler than you are. And suddenly everyone wants to be your friend. Mm -hmm. And that's not really a good thing. I went from a place where like, I don't know. Sometimes people want to be my friends. Sometimes they don't. I'm not really great at making friends. I actually don't really like to socialize. I don't go out that much to like wherever I go. People are like nice to me. And it's not that people are being fake. It's just kind of exhausting when some people who like I get asked to get coffee like too many times a week Mm -hmm. when I don't have time. And I hate saying no to people. And thank you for being here. (laughs) I really (laughs) want I did want to be even though I had to cancel seven times. I made it, which I appreciate a lot. Um, if I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. I'm working on saying no, and like I, I, I just myself. got very moved. I, I just no, got it's a, true. Got like I literally left press this morning. Uh, like I left early, and I was like, I have an astrology podcast. I have to go to, <laughs> and everyone's like, you're a fucking weirdo. And I go, you don't get it. You'll wow. never understand. Well, you know, uh, I have a manifestation example of real life, which was that in 2018, I wrote an article for Allure on crystals. And I referenced Spencer Pratt in it. Yeah. And I posted in my stories and then he double, he liked it. 
And then I wrote like Spencer Pratt just liked my post. And I can't wait to do his chart. Literally a year later, I do him and Heidi's chart for Cosmo. And to me, it was like the pinnacle of my career. I mean, that stuff is so interesting. Like you, you need to do every celebrity couple. Yes. But I specifically really like reality celebrities because when you're looking at like a actor celebrity or a more traditional celebrity, you get a lot more, you're going to see a lot more of like the Neptune influence, like the, I want to be on film and be elusive and be mysterious. Mm. Um, Whereas when you are looking at reality people's charts, it's like they, you know, it's kind of like, how did your chart get there? You know, like what, because it didn't have to end up on TV. Whereas like more traditional celebrities, like you could see their chart and you're like, oh, you really needed to be famous. I see. It's funny. Yeah. Did Does my chart look like I was going to be there? Your chart was going to be famous no matter what, but it was a question of what? That is wild to me. It's wild because the idea of being famous is so kind of obnoxious like it's like I don't want to be famous but like I've always wanted to be and Own I didn't and I didn't know how like I could, could I wanted to be a famous tennis player that's what I thought I wanted and the, then uh, those are the only athletes I know yeah and, <laughs> and then it's like or female athletes like being a female tennis player was like the shit yes and I would see them up there I was like I want to be and then I wanted to inspire the girls anyway and then I was like oh I want to be on a tv show and then now I'm like, I want a fucking Netflix comedy special. Like, I just can't stop. Okay, so you, everyone, you've heard it here first. This is Manifestation at its finest. Netflix comedy special, Hannah Burner. One thing. It's I've, happening. Now I've, that you've put it out into the universe, I'm very, very magic with this shit. So you've said it. It's happening. I believe in manifestation more than anything. The way I got, I told myself I want to do video. I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know if it was comedy or sports, whatever. And two years later, I was on a TV show. That's crazy. I mean, what is... It's really sick. It's like insane. And I tell people, it's also because I am, I, I am loud or whatever. When I, I'm interested in something, I will ask questions about it. I will talk about it to people. Well, you're also a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> also, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Someone will be like, oh, you interrupt people a lot. I'm like, bitch, if I'm waiting for you to finish speaking, that means I'm spaced out and I don't know what you're talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. Beautifully said. Where did you go to high school? I went to... Okay, so first I went to poly prep for two years for tennis. Then I went to Florida for tennis academy, and I wow. ended up at the Beacon School. You went to um, Beacon. I went to Beacon on the Upper West Side. Oh, I, we have to talk after this. What? Because I went to PSX, okay. and then I went to Eastside Middle, and then I went to a weird performing arts high school. What's it called? PPAS. Okay. Um, but most of my you knew Beaconites. Oh yeah. I w- I went half. Of I have I I just want to like full on play like the who do you know game. Yeah. but we can't do it. Right. <laughs> I'm on on like no one cares but <laughs> Beacon was a very creative cool place I love that school and then I went to University of Wisconsin and then so part of me was like I need to be in New York City even though I knew if I want to be a sports broadcaster I had to go to like a small town I was like I need to go to New York City and I always felt like I never told people I wanted fame because I felt like it was it's embarrassing it's embarrassing and especially when you don't know what it's for yet but I just it's it, it's a hard way to explain. It's like a, a whisper in your ear that won't shut up. And part of me was like, I was like depressed when I wasn't doing something that I felt was in that alignment. And I thought it was just me being a little bitch, being like, I'm not famous. Wah. But I realized <laughs> there is like a bigger reason why you have that annoying whisper in your head. Yes, I completely agree. And I think that um, the 20s, like for most people, the early 20s are like figuring out if you're going to how to allow your truth to come to the surface yeah because obviously like when you're a teenager if you were to be like i want to be famous people would be like you're obnoxious like yeah but when you get to a certain point when it's actually a matter of like 
your career, like mm-hmm. you kind of have to be brave and just accept it or else you're going to end up miserable in your fucking 40s and 50s. I told my mom once, I was like, I feel like annoying that I like am chasing something so big. And she was like, she looked at me because who knows you better than your mom. And she was like, you're not like trying to be famous. It's just what you, you're you meant to speak and be heard. And she's like, and she was like, and I kind of agree with you that this is where your happiness is. Granted, I do have other things to work on, but I've in terms of like why I, I want attention and affirmation. But like my whole life has been like when I succeed, people treat me better. Yes. And that's where I connected with the Taylor Swift documentary. Oh, I can't wait to see it. it. It's really good. But she just she humanizes herself to be like, yeah, when I'm in front of the crowd and people are clapping, that's the only time like I feel successful. I feel good. So when, you know, people boo you or Kanye West like tells you Beyonce's video is better, like that can crush a person whose happiness just lies on the affirmation of others. But I surprisingly deal decently with the trolls. Well, you also are an athlete. You're brave. Thank you. I also (laughs) feel like... Once you guys, once people start being mean to you, it means you're doing well. Yeah, for sure. Like if people don't hate you, it means not enough people know who you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely like uh, th- that is I would say probably the thing that and relinquishing control mm-hmm. are the things that are feel like the biggest barriers for me. Mm-hmm. Like I really cannot handle mean comments. It like really gets to me. Well, you're in astrology, which is kind of gives you a sense of like this mystical control of the universe that like you kind of know what's going on i do and i don't i'm also like just a just a girl like (laughs) just a gal i am i'm just i'm just a human a sensitive person who went into an industry that was one of the only things i could do with the amount of sensitivity that i have have you dated narcissists oh yeah 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 so interesting so in my in the constellation club which is our private community we have this thing called tank which is there are no coincidences And that was a very tank comment that you just made because in the Constellation Club, we just have a whole thread going about the relationship between empaths and narcissists. And they're basically the same thing. That was the change of my... That's when shit really changed for me was when I didn't really know about myself and I got in a relationship with a guy who was famous when I wasn't. And I was like, I was fascinated by his career and I love what he was doing and his passion. I was like, you can do something you love and get paid for it and like get acclimation, whatever. He was such a narcissist and I started to feel empty by the end. I lost who I was. I wasn't eating. It was like the scariest thing ever. Those are signs of your, when you're with a narcissist is that you stop eating. I couldn't eat that. I broke up with him not because I was really like out of love with him, but because I literally couldn't eat and I left the relationship. And from that moment on, my life started. Well, I found that I I had like serial horrible relationships mm-hmm. and they were escalating and how bad they were mm. after a certain. Point, yeah, it's like it's like a high. Doesn't yes. get you high enough. Yeah. And after a certain point, it was kind of like, well, that guy was bad. Let's see, like, where else we can go. <laughs> like, let's see what other really universe fucked is like, up. OK, you can handle a sociopath. Here's a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and I realized that it was a lot of my creative energy was being. I was taking out in these relationships because I would have to strategize. I would think about them all the time. They were all consuming. I was using the same mind that I am using now in like really positive ways mm-hmm. that make me feel good and like build me up to basically drain myself yep. through these narcissist funnels. Mm-hmm. I was like the conduit for them. Can you explain the connection with the empath and yes. narcissist? So this is this is a, a personal theory, but I have enough data points, I think, that, mm-hmm. that has legs. 
Um, I think that the reason that somebody becomes an empath or a narcissist is ultimately the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's say you have a narcissistic parent um, and then you, you know, you want your parents' attention. And the only way that you can get your parents' attention is if you feed them, you know, like if you humor their ego. Mm -hmm. Um, That is how empaths end up attracting, becoming empaths in the first place because Mm -hmm. they're sensing that their parents need validation and Mm -hmm. they're like feeling it through their body. And then they end up attracting narcissists because that is what love looks like to them, is feeding somebody's ego and then getting that affirmation back. You nailed it. Yes, but I. this is not very often discussed. I think that empaths can easily become narcissists. Mm. Um, it, because it is so they're so closely and like inextricably linked mm. um, that once the empath feels safe and comfortable that they can switch and that's how trauma goes intergenerationally Wow! so I mean it's because I'm in a weird place actually where I will date I always say I date guys that either like I treat like my slave and I like <laughs> don't even put it, I'm just like whatever or I treat guys that like are narcissists that I need to like chase and I haven't found that middle ground and maybe that's because like when I I didn't realize that I was an empath until reading I was like what kind of I knew I went through abuse but I didn't know what it was and I started to do research and then that's how I discovered the like narcissist empathic relationship but then I realized I feel like maybe in some other relationships when I feel like he likes me a lot more and whatever I can turn into that like narcissist type where I'm just like they're feeding me yes so it's it's dangerous because I want that healthy in between um but ultimately I am very sensitive and I think I've never stayed with these guys who I felt too in control of Mm -hmm. because I want control but not too much yes but I had no control with the narcissist it was a wild ride yes and it is literally brainwashing Mm -hmm. like legit just you lose complete perspective of your reality yep so much so that I was in I was dated a narcissist for a few years in my early 20s, it was this very big relationship to me. Fast forward to me, I'm 30 now, um, and I had completely forgotten about it. Like, it was almost like my brain just, like, filed it away. Mm. Uh, I could remember, I can remember, like, dudes that I slept with when I was blackout, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember this three-year-long relationship I had wow. because it was so traumatizing. Wow. It, like, I when I remembered it, I was like, oh, yeah. That did a lot of damage. I remember at one point, like, I, yeah, I thought he was the one, but he was do. We do all these things that like were I knew were wrong, and like I wasn't feeling like myself around him. That was the whole thing that I kept repeating in my head. I'm like, why don't you feel like yourself around him? And I kept putting it to me. I'm like, I'm nervous around him. I'm not cool enough for him. I'm not smart enough. I'm not funny enough. And I remember at one point feeling like I signed a deal with the devil. Like I was me staying in this is like signing a deal with the devil. And then finally, I was my body told me I need to leave. And do you guys still sleep together? Nope. We've never slept together, but we actually... You've never slept together? I'm sorry. We've never slept together since <laughs> no, the breakup. Yeah, interesting. Since the breakup. <laughs> it was a non-physical relationship. It was all mental. <laughs> but yeah, since the breakup went cold turkey, but then we'd see each other like every three months for like a check-in, which I realized now wasn't That's healthy. That's scary. Yeah. And then like at one point, one of them, he told me he wasn't... Att- he re- he got over it. I broke up with him. He told me I got- he got over it because he realized he wasn't attracted to me anymore. Oh my God. That is like the negging right it's like and I, I didn't even know how to take that like at first I was like happy for him like good you moved on and then I was like what the fuck that's so that is up. so mean especially because during it sometimes I didn't feel wanted so like anyway we recently had because we're both in a similar industry had a big blow up with like something said on a podcast and he did some fucked up shit and we don't talk right now we're blocked on everything and that's how it's meant to be yeah like I'm actually happy about it and it's great because I don't want him in my life anymore. I don't want him in your life either. Thank that sounds you. like a very triggering 
and but we're in the same now. industry so it's been like a little hard but part of me is like oh I see so many bigger things for like this industry for me and I'm not gonna let like one dude affect me or scare me I mean that's why I was scared to get into comedy because it was like wasn't my thing it was his thing mm. but now I'm like no I'm never gonna not do something because of a dude Whoo, beautiful <laughs> thank you yes yeah, I, I, think I just want to make sure I really wanted to do it. I wanted to make sure that I had all the right reasons before I did it because I knew there'd be drama if I started. Mm -hmm. I am learning to uh, be a little more comfortable with drama as a concept. I feel like my empath, people pleasing, uh, like just trying to have thing, everything to be nice and conflict free, uh, courtesy of a very traumatic childhood, mm -hmm. uh, really fucked with me for a a number of years because I wouldn't stand up for myself. And sometimes as well as people I respect you more. Yes. When you stand up for yourself. They always do. It, you you never win by uh, not advocating for yourself. Yeah. I've, I deal with that. All I deal with is drama now. I've always been someone that attracts drama, but I never dealt with it well. I'm very like something happens. I smile it off and then talk shit to my best friend about it. And that's how I cope. And now I'm in these situations where I'm like, Okay, I didn't like that they did that. That was mean. But now I have to have the balls to call them out for it. And I have to make everyone feel awkward. And like, I'm I'm still struggling with that. But people, if people confront me, I can handle it. But like, I have trouble confronting people. Yeah, I, I mean, confronting people is, that is an art in and of itself. Because yeah. obviously, if your instinct is to like confront people all the time, you're probably like way too aggro. Well, yes, uh, there are some people on the show who are like that. And it's, it's scary. Yeah. They like live for that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like I never felt safe enough to do that. Like, I would have never felt uh, like my foundation. For me, that feels like privilege, you know? Yeah. It feels like being able to know that things are stable enough across your life that you can, like, call someone out. Or I think for them, it's all chaos across. So yeah. it's like, doesn't even affect them when they do it. That's a good point. I also, like, I'll have anger and I want to, like, tell someone off. And the second I'm with them, I just immediately become empathetic. And I'm like, I just... I get it. Like they they have their own insecurities and I never actually like curse. They, I have to be pushed so hard, so far for me to lose it on someone. And if I do, we're never talking again. Right. So this all like beforehand stuff is it's still hard for me to deal with. Um, but the comp, but drama and confrontation and confronting people and speaking your truth does get you at respect. Yes. Which I've learned. And it's honest. Like it's just honest to who one is. And exactly. it's, like there's no reason in this very short life um, not to just be as honest as you can. And sometimes you'll confront someone and the way they react, you get closer to them. Yeah. Like you can say, like, I hate when you did that. And they're so empathetic and understanding and actually change. Or you realize people are not your people when like, like sometimes drama and confrontation brings people closer or pushes them apart. But I've gotten closer to some people because we've had fights. Well, from an astrological point of view, like we couldn't access our full birth chart, a.k.a. our full truth, mm -hmm. ourself without other people. Yeah. Like we need relationships uh, friendships, romantic relationships, colleagues, in order to bring out different parts of our personality. Like we can't just fuel that and generate that independently. Yeah. Obviously. I think w now that I'm learning more about myself with this, my ego was attached to men a lot. Like tennis was my ego, but then I like, I realized it wasn't making me happy. So I felt like, okay, I hate what tennis is doing to my life, but I'm have to play every day so I would be like if I date like hot guys then I feel good about myself and I was in monogamous re relationships from like 20 to 26 and like 
recently, just a couple months ago, I was like, I'm done. Well, it was at 26 that you also decided to make this pivot into your current career trajectory. Yeah. But it's scary. That's, there are no it's, coincidences. Yeah. And it's weird that like for the first time I used to love, I had an a- addiction to like talking to one person. Like I love that one person who I make my crush and I project all this stuff. I love having that. <laughs> I project it's on my you. Favorite. I love you. You're, You're my the background. Best. <laughs> <laughs> but for the first time this last like month or two, I don't have anyone I'm talking to and I'm actually okay with it. Like, I'm actually, like, I don't have time to have real estate in my brain of dudes who are going to distract me if they're not right. So I'm at this weird place where I'm 28. I have a joke that, like, I feel like the second I turn 29, people are going to lose their shit. Like, your eggs are dying. Why are you doing, <laughs> you know, clown jokes at night? And right now they're still like, oh, you're independent. <laughs> it's, it is true. So I'm like, what does my chart say about love? Uh, wow. Okay. That was a really, I didn't know we were going there with that question. <laughs> I was I was following and I thought we were heading in a different direction. Okay, let's pull back up the chart we want answers so basically i'm here because i want to know what does my chart say about love (laughs) (laughs) fair okay so first of all what i can tell you is that you are still pre-saturn return your saturn return is going to begin this year um and then it is it's basically going to be your Saturn is at two degrees Aquarius, so Saturn in the sky is going to get really close to doing your Saturn return, and then it's going to go retrograde. So it's really going to be like a 2020 through 2021 thing. And the whole like symbolism of the Saturn return is that you have completed the first chapter of your life. Mm. Um, we have three Saturn returns, if we live long enough. And Saturn symbolizes how we take care of ourselves, our responsibility, Basically, it's like us becoming our own daddy to ourselves. So before your Saturn return, you're still a byproduct of like who society wants you to be, who your teachers want you to be, your parents. Post Saturn return, you're really like, fuck it. So the fact that all of this is changing doesn't mean that you're where you need to be right now. Mm -hmm. It means that you it's gearing you up for your Saturn return, which is when you're really going to get the information that you need. You Uh, still don't even have all the information yet as mm -hmm. to like what how this is all going to unfold. It just so happens that you live with this bigger, larger than life experience. So, of course, it's like we're dealing the stakes are high. You yeah. know, we're dealing with like reality TV and Bravo and Andy Cohen. <laughs> like, <laughs> but in general, like this is just starting. The tension is like still building and come the Saturn return. Um, so in the spring of this year, which corresponds with Summer House, of mm-hmm. course. And then 2021 is when you're really going to get to see like. How does this all get dispersed? Wow. That's awesome because I'm finally starting to get to a moment of my life where I can, I'm like financially more secure, where I'm like, I just moved into my first studio apartment with my cat. <laughs> so Amazing. I'm like creating a home. And like, I never, I was always just like a recluse, just like random apartments and just like trying to like save money. So I do feel a little more settled um, financially and like career wise in what I want to pursue. Well, your Saturn return is going to rock your fucking world. So you (laughs) don't get too cozy because things are going to really change. That's amazing. It really is still going to push you. So I guess on like a a higher level, I would say, you know, my advice um, is always to wait until after your Saturn return or during your Saturn return to like expect love Um, because we haven't fully defined ourselves until we go through our 29th year. And that's exactly how I feel. Like right now, I don't, if the right guy went up to me, I don't think I'd be able to like give him the time or like be emotionally available for it. No, of course not. You, I mean, you have to do all, you have to get where you need to be. 
that's it's so funny because I always get scared of people telling me these things like I would never in the past have been like oh tell me what my love life will be but it's like everything you're saying is just true like it's just how I feel um and my so, but society is like, Hannah, you're 28. Like, why are you single? And it's like, there's a bazillion reasons why I'm single right now. That's what my stand-up <laughs> oh, is would about. would you like me to listen? Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's, and I hate to be like, you can't have both. And it's not about that you can't have both career and love. It's more just like, I'm not where I want to be in my career right now, where I want to hang out with a guy every night and watch Netflix. Well, also, if when you like explode in your career and you are with somebody right now, it's like they're going to have to... It's just, it, it might not be aligned for like the type of success that you're going to have. You know, somebody who you can be cozy with right now may not be able to hang for like the press tours that you need to do yeah. and uh, the different types of contracts that you're negotiating. It's so funny. I got broken up with. Well, it was literally just I love tall guys and I was hooking up with this tall comedian who lives with his parents <laughs> and he broke up with me after two weeks and I was like, w- like there was nothing wrong. The sex was like great. And he, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is bad timing for us. Like, this is just bad timing. Maybe if I met you when I was younger, our just careers were in such different places. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the parents <laughs> thing is definitely a red flag. Like, My dad's like, are you going to get broken up with a homeless guy next week? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dad, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I think that you're you're in that zone right now where you're starting to yeah to see things differently. Yeah, it's it's exciting. And when you're in that zone... You're, you're going to lose friends. Mm-hmm. Guys are going to break up with you. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to seem like you are unlovable because basically like you, the comfort zone is no longer fitting. Yeah. And I'm not conforming to anything. Yeah. I've, I lost a ton of friends recently. I had this like big group of friends who I would like party with. And I started to realize like th- some of them thought they were going to get on summer house. Oh my God. And I didn't realize that. And then when they didn't last season, like there was like a rumor spread around me that like I use people or something and like they were like people were just talking so much shit about me and I've never had that happen in this way where it was so like targeted and um and people were just jumping on the bandwagon with it and I just was like all y'all I'm done like I'm done and at first I felt so lonely I was like that was my first like big group of friends that I like really liked and I realized like you didn't know them you know them now more and I, I, th- I don't know, maybe it's a Leo thing, but I love having like just two or three people who I'm like, tell them everything to and are my clan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when I was living in L.A., I had amassed all of these people that I thought were my friends. And then no joke, literally, when I moved back to New York, when I was uh, so broke that if I did not have a place to be, I would have been homeless that mm-hmm. broke. Mm-hmm. Um, they all unfollowed me. Like, not just, like, we don't talk to her anymore, yeah. but, like, legit, like, just unfollow. After I spent three years with these people. That's wild. I know. Like, a deleting from their yes. life. Like, yeah. you were never there. Right. Hence, I guess, why the relationship also went into that file. The and L.A., the forgotten L.A. years. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> I've started to f- discover L.A., I'm such be like, careful. I'm such an East Coast like hick. I went twice, <laughs> but I feel like it means you're doing well if you have like projects there. Definitely. I would never move so there. much clout. I would never move there. But I like the idea of like seeing other comics who are in the LA scene doing other podcasts there. I have a show there coming up. But um, yeah, I don't think I'd fit in in the like actual scene. <laughs> From one New Yorker to another, it's not easy. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Th- I just would be like, no, that's okay. <laughs> I. It's not my thing. But I've like. I love other places that are creative. So I've been like dipping my toe in it. But yeah, I can't leave New York City ever. Good. I'm such 
I'm such a New Yorker. <laughs> okay, so Hannah, where can we find you other than obviously um, the world? <laughs> <laughs> so Instagram, I'm at Being Burns, B E I N G B E R N Z. And um, my podcast, Burning in Hell, I'm going to have Aliza on. I'm so excited about it. She is going to open up about her demons and her anxieties or fears. It's going to be scary. Um, and then, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I have comedy shows coming up in LA. I've san francisco and texas and new york city amazing so we're all gonna find you yeah find stalkers me. stalk me <laughs> murder me <laughs> thank you so much thank you this was so fun yay